totally offsides. Whoa, totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa, totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa, totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa. I didn't check about what episode number this was until the music started. And I was like, shit, I always need to tell us what episode we're on. Apparently it's episode 118. Episode, ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Well, I've just spent the last two weeks moving. Uh, I don't recommend, I mean, moving is expensive. So I did it myself, but I just spent the last two weeks moving boxes and furniture every day of my life on top of working and everything. So today's the first day I haven't done those things. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> so this will be a fun episode because I'm tired. And also Anthony is here and Jeff is here. So I heard I heard I heard two things there. Uh one, I I remember saying multiple times, just pick up a phone and text me and I will I will be a box lifting monkey. Uh, like I had, you know, I got I got two arms and, and a, a fairly decent back. Like I could lift some boxes. Offered to help. Never got a phone call. Never got a text. What's up with that? Cap. Chip is an independent woman. Yeah, I told you know what I, you did. Okay. You did text me about King's tickets, though. I, I did. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't text you about King's, King's tickets if they knew you could be texted about King's tickets? Can I be texted about King's tickets? I did it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just saying. You called me. Also called me Captain Buzzkill, and uh, <laughs> I've been moving for the last two weeks, so. Maybe chill. <laughs> well, I did. I did also posit that the you know the the problem might be also that I just suck. Please, please do remember, I did, I did, I did, I did put it into the universe that you know what, no, it might not be Chip. It might be Jeff that sucks, <laughs> and it's it's up for debate. I don't think it's much of a debate. And it's not okay. It's not much of a debate, but, but <laughs> at least it's a debate. I'd say it was a winning debate. Yeah. When have I been on the winning side of any debate? It's not often. That's it doesn't. It, does, it doesn't happen. Oh, and the second thing that I heard uh, is that apparently I'm I'm in charge of carrying the energy of the show uh, because everybody's wiped out. It, you know, Anthony apparently is. What's what's got you so down besides being a dad? That's about it. Our nanny uh, was out for a couple of days, so I had some full couple full day dad uh, dad oh. duty days, and I'm just tired. I mean that that should not wear me out. I'm just uh, I think I'm just kind of exhausted overall. <laughs> yeah, it's a long season, bud. It's a long. It, we're all tired. Yeah. We're t- I think we're t- hockeyed out, talked out. It's a long season. I did coach. Uh, I did volunteer to coach like um, a. Uh, girls hockey group uh oh i saw that hockey group that was fun that was was a really cool experience was that that local or was that yeah that was in harbor city it's called the power project it's put on by the hawthorne uh hawthorne police department and they basically uh provide equipment and free ice for underprivileged families who want to play hockey and who can't afford it so uh, they used to have a guys and a girls program, but I think the guys program's on hold for a little bit. So it's the girls program. They're all awesome. 
really fun to, to be around and all have super positive attitudes and love hockey. So it was a fun, I did that yesterday. And then a couple weeks ago, it was really good. Awesome. Is that, skating, is that skating edge? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's a skating edge. Apparently uh, I live close to that now. So. Oh, you do? Yeah. That's where I play men's league too. So. Oh yeah. I mean, if you want to join a, another league of all the leagues you play on, there's one. Yeah, I just sub. I'm, honestly, I, I joined this being a sub life for like the last I think the last league game I had was September and I'm like, you know what? Like well, I, was, I was, I didn't know where I was going to move and all this stuff. So I just thought I'll just be a sub, but honestly I have not had a week off of subbing any, any, any week I was available to play. There's, there's been need out there for a goalie. So I'm there's always deep. need for a goalie. Yeah. You're the, and, you're, you're the, the Josh freeze of your league. Yeah. Wish I was just, like good. Like Josh freeze. <laughs> Come on. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, although I did have a game, and this is no offense to anyone I played with on Friday, but uh, it's one of those games where like you show up as the sub, and they have eight skaters, and you're facing a full bench, <laughs> and you realize very quickly it's just you against the world. Uh, welcome, welcome to my life. That's the team I <laughs> I play on. It's like they or or lately they a lot the whole team has been showing up, and I haven't been able to go, but they're they're they're. Uh, kind of forte is to show up with like five minutes left to go with the, on the Zamboni or like two laps left on the Zamboni. Mm-hmm. Like they walk in the locker room before that there's maybe six of us. And the whole time we're going, God, fucking six, six skaters. Right. And then like four more show up, but they're late for the first couple shifts because they showed up with two laps left on the Zamboni. I don't understand it, uh, but it's getting results lately. So I can't complain. Yeah. And I feel like that's, is that's kind of like, you know, that's, part of being a sub is like sometimes you're showing up for like a full bench they just their goalie just can't make it for that day and sometimes you show up for a game and like no one can make it that day so like <laughs> you're showing up to fill in the need that they have so they can't forfeit or they don't need to forfeit but you're also the the t- like you know it's just not a full team yeah uh, it's not fun yeah translation <laughs> so, yeah, it's not the best uh, have either of you have either of you experienced the thing where you walk into a locker room um and there are more subs than there are regular uh regular I, teammates? I played a game like that three weeks ago at Lakewood as actually against Kirsty's team. Huh, and nice. we beat Kirsty's team. She had a full bench. Uh sorry, Kirsty. Uh, so I was rubbing it in. I was playing for a, a team called the Bad Brains, and most of the team was in Vegas for a tournament. So there was me, a sub, six skaters, and I believe four of those skaters were subs. That's so rad. And we somehow won. <laughs> that is glorious. That reminds me of a youth hockey game I played where we played like up near the border of Canada. And mm-hmm. uh, our, about half our team took a wrong turn and got to the Canadian border and realized they went the wrong direction. Uh, so we ended up playing most of the game with like eight skaters and, and one, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> nice. Oh, shit. What if I told you guys? That I wasn't recording? That we weren't were. recording. But it said you were. It very loudly proclaimed. <laughs> okay, good. I, so you can show you're paying attention. Yeah, we're fine. We're still I was there. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought I could. <laughs> Uh, let's see if you guys are paying attention, but yeah, we've been recording this entire time. Good job. Um, yeah, that's funny. So, so, so oh yeah, but, but oh yeah, we're playing near the Canada border because 
Yeah, just throwing it out there casually. Throw it out there casually. Yeah, yeah. It's a humble brag. Near mm-hmm. the Canada border, not in Canada. Near the Canada border. Northern dude, Vermont. Between that and your nanny quitting, dude, you are the king of white people problems on this show. Was <laughs> that two turkeys? Like you, two turkeys and yeah, Hold on, turkey, hold on. Two tur- yeah, dude. Our nanny didn't quit. Our nanny got, <laughs> our nanny got, uh, got sick. She would never quit. She's amazing. She is the best. I can't, I can't start Jeff, that, put quit. that rumor out there. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, stop saying she quit. She's going to find out that you said she quit and she's going to be mad at me. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of clout. Okay. <sighs> Ryan Getzlaff? Oh, yeah. Ryan Getzlaff. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. So apparently that dude, that dude's quitting. That bozo. That bozo. Um, no, by all accounts, he's a tremendous human being. Right. And it's like, and from like, I was watching, you're hearing like more, more and more as after like the press conference was earlier in the week, uh, early last week. Um, and he's done, you know, interviews and stuff. And I saw during the broadcast today for Ducks Carolina, which was the first game he's had back. And I think they said he's missed four or five and then 14 of the last 16 games due to an injury. Um, but he pretty much said like he knew going into this season that this was going to be his last one. And I wonder if that, because um, online, as soon as he, you know, they announced he was retiring, people were like, well, he should, there were some people going, well, he should, he should give us another year and give us a go, like a going away season. But <laughs> we all know. Well, that's, that's the point. You don't announce it because you don't want to do the whole, like, and like who else, last tour. Yeah. And who, who else hates attention more than Getzloff? Like, no one. And also, no one, no Ducks fan should complain because Getzlav elected to stay in Anaheim knowing full well that they were not going to be. I'm sure he was pleasantly surprised at how competitive the team was this year. Mm-hmm. But he stayed in Anaheim knowing it was going to be his final season, knowing they probably weren't going to make the playoffs when probably any number of playoff bound teams would have taken him at any point this season before the trade deadline or as a free agent when he signed. So it's like, did he sign this offseason? Uh, yeah, it was it, it was going to be a, like a year to year thing. Yeah. So like he's so he was so totally committed to playing in Anaheim that he just did not elected to basically play out the string and not have a chance at another playoff run, which is pretty. Uh, I mean, I, I you can tell how much he loves playing here. So I would not complain if I were a Ducks fan. Right. Um, so the Ducks fans, there's only four more times locally you could see him. Like the 17th versus Columbus, which is at Anaheim. The 19th in Honda Center versus the Kings. At the Staples Center on the 23rd. And goddamn Honda Center better be sold out for the 24th. Because that will be his final game ever. Against St. Louis. I'll be, uh, I'll be at the game on the 19th. The, uh, the, King, the, the Kings game in Honda Center. Nice. The Kings yeah, I get, oh, it's, at, it's at Honda Center. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's Honda Center first and then Staples Center, the second game. And and honestly, like I thought, okay, it, nice to have some games against the Ducks to, you know, try try to get some wins down the stretch. But uh, the last game against the Kings in Honda Center, like uh, it's gonna be a different animal, I think. And that's also depending on if he plays. Because that's uh, not guaranteed with his foot. I think it's they said on the broadcast it's a foot thing. He might not be there and he's going to, he's the 24th is for sure. Like, or at least the closest thing to for sure. So we're just right. kind of hoping. Yeah. Just, you're hoping he's around for those other three games. 
I, I would play. I, I would play in L.A. if I were him, just to make them give me some awesome gift as a going away present. Right? You would think like, they'd be skip, classy enough to do ah, that. Blue jackets. Skip the blue jackets game, and then, well, then just right out the last three, you got two L.A.s and the St. Louis game, and then he's not going on the road. He just, he wanted his final game to be at home. Um, that's it. So I was going to ask you guys, like both as a Kings fan and a Bruins fan, like your guys' perspective, like outside perspectives on Getzloff. Jeff, you want to go first since you've, you're they're their rival rival team. You've, he's basically your, uh, I can't even, Canadians <laughs> haven't had anyone good. Uh, he's your, probably your um, Carey Price, only he's not a goalie. <laughs> so <laughs> I can remember, what year was that? 2014. Uh, team was last year. Yeah. And, and his last game was in Honda Center, I think, against the Kings. It was a, a that that playoff game. It was that game seven, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember all the Kings staying out, like stayed out and watched, you know, for you know, it was and paid and paid and respect, you know, paid their respect because it was it was his last game. And I thought that was super classy. And I thought one, I hope, oh, I hope to God the Kings are doing something or putting something together for Ryan Getzlaw for his, you know. For his retirement, when when they're in, uh, when they're at crypto, uh, but so the Kings fan in me is going to be so glad that that motherfucker's gone. He's a guy. He's a fucking king killer. He was like a uh, Shane Doan throughout his career, a king killer. Uh, mm-hmm. Both Corey Perry and Ryan Getzla, king killers. Right? It just there's you can point to players. Um, uh, for whatever reason, very strangely, Martin San Luis always a king killer. It just anytime, anytime Tampa was in town, that guy, that guy was was scoring a game winning goal. It just happened. It just and you can point to guys like that around the league. Getzlov's that guy. However, from like a, a hockey fan perspective, somebody who you know enjoys the history of the game and everything like that, I, I am so stoked that I got to watch this guy's entire career. Like you know, um, and I, it, do you guys think he's a Hall of Famer? Oh yeah, yeah. I was looking Great it up. Cups. I think ups, I th- ups, gold medals every right. He's got yeah. he's got a lot of hardware, right? Yeah, I, I think I think it also depends too on who else is eligible. Like we were talking to Anthony before we started recording, that uh, I think it also depends too on who else is eligible at the same time Getzloff is. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like right. it depends right. on like which, which which that would depend on that would make uh, that'd be the whole the argument of when. Imagine right. what a stacked. Well, I mean, you kind of get you kind of get this from this 2003 draft or around then. Uh, you're going to get a lot of people retire, a lot of players retiring that were, had legendary leads. So it's going to be a stacked few, probably few Hall yeah. of Fame classes. But hopefully, imagine- he gets a couple. Hopefully, he gets a couple of years like head start on Sidney Crosby. Yeah, so he can get in before Crosby is eligible. He's got Bergeron too. Berger, he and Bergeron uh, have very similar careers, and and Bergeron, there's there's rumors that he might retire this season too. So, um, it's it's they're 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 very very similar. Maybe not in terms of playing style, but in terms of just led like leading their teams, being the the basically the the face of the franchise for close to two decades. Like it's it's. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see. And, and as a growing up a Bruins fan, you didn't hear a lot about Getzlav on the East Coast just because of the whole West Coast Ducks bias situation. But just his resume and his his entire career is, is I think, completely worthy 
of uh of a hall of fame election not not just because of his nhl career but it's the hockey hall of fame not the nhl hall of fame so you take his his international success two gold medals i think in the olympics he's got a world junior gold and the silver he's got the stanley cup i mean he's basically done everything played a thousand games scored a thousand points uh i don't see why there's any reason if Guy carbono can get in Ryan Getzlaff can get in. <laughs> so I think the crazy thing too about Getzlaff because he, you know, he, I think he has right now a thousand and thirteen points. Less than three hundred of those are goals. Yeah, which is like a hundred percent Getzlaff. But it's so crazy to think about. He crossed a thousand points, and about eighty percent of them, eighty-five percent of them were assists. And you, it's funny that that uh, that Jeff you mentioned Martin Saint Louis because I was kind of thinking about him for a different reason, but similar. Martin St. Louis, I think his career also is, is similar to Getzlaff in that he's got a similar number of points, a few more points, but less assists, more goals. But he's, uh, and he's only got 20 more points than Getzlaff right now. So uh, if Getzlaff catches fire in the last two points a game, <laughs> yeah. he plays every game, I catch him. But yeah. uh, well, he's like, guy, okay, I'll shoot, I'll shoot motherfuckers. I'm going to shoot the hell out of this. A captain, but he's a, a captain of a team in a non-traditional hockey market that helped lead the team along with another player in Vinny LeCavalier to a Stanley Cup, just like Getzlav did with Perry and he had Solani. And, and uh, so I think that what he meant to the NHL as a whole in terms of growing the game and, and bringing success to a non-traditional hockey market is huge in terms of the Hall of Fame election. I think he, he deserves yeah. it a lot. I mean, he should get a lot more sway than maybe some of the other guys that are up for election just because of that. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's what I think. He's always a guy. And I remember when he was, uh, linked in free agent rumors to the Bruins in the off season. And I think a little bit like some trade rumors during the trade deadline, but not serious ones. I was like, yeah, we'll take him. It'd be pretty awesome. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my view. I think he's, he, he's obviously a legend. Yeah. And, um, I guess apparently he does plan to like stick around with the ducks and they don't have a job for him yet. Uh, as far as like front office stuff, but you make one for him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this is like, this is, yeah, keep, I have, a, I have a point I'm working towards. Um, hit between him and Perry and the Learn to Play program, I think eighteen thousand kids have gone through Learn to Play, and gets off himself and paid for half of those. So like nine thousand, you know, nine thousand things of gear to to kids. Like it'd be cool to see him like maybe be like community, you know, join that join that aspect of like the community hockey and the rinks and um like more foster that in the community too. I think that'd be like a cool spot for him. Um, if if maybe the to ducks start are, or whatever. If if the ducks are already ahead of the Kings as far as um grassroots development of the game in Southern California. He would put them fucking light years ahead. If he were in that position, I think you I think you hit something that's just just fucking golden. Is that he could single-handedly be the face of what is uh, what the ducks are able how the ducks are able to like farm from California. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he could make it so big to where you don't have to send scouts to Canada. You're just developing kids here. Yeah. Because you've got the resources because you had somebody who was able to, you know, get the funding, get the, the, the demand up, the popularity up. He, he could, he could blow things up, you know, and it pains me to, 
It pains me to have to admit, but I love the fact that there is an organization in Southern California uh, tied to the NHL that does so much for, for the game of hockey, you know, at the youth levels. I wish the Kings did more. I really wish they did. I, are, you, are you envisioning a world, Jeff, where the, sca- where the Ducks do not scout hockey players in Canada? Because <laughs> well, that like would be in, fucking in the year, insane. Yeah. In, the year, in the year 3000, right? And historians will point back. And historians <laughs> yeah. will go, it was when Ryan Getzlov took over you know, that, the, that part of the organization. But in, uh, all, in, all, in all seriousness, imagine if he got like an assistant GM job or something like that. And they ended up drafting a kid who started playing hockey because Getzlav paid for his equipment and got him into the game. Right? Like, and it's that not that be... far off because that's that's been going on for what ten years. Yeah, I think at least. So and here's uh, okay. Here's a sidebar now too because because Getzlav and Perry started that organization or that you know started that together, and they also subsidized like every year some of their contract money went towards funding learn to play, but now they are both gone. Do two other players take on that mantle of helping fund? If they're smart. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like, and my first thought was Drysdale and Zegers, but they're both still on ELCs. Like maybe if they have like in a few years and they get that big contract, maybe it could be those two. Cause you can see the, like, those guys are both the, might, they could be the faces. They're the new faces of the organization. But also, you also don't want to put them on and you don't want to, like want to stick it with them now. And like, here you go. That you guys are paying a million dollars each when you guys get paid what two million dollars a year. Like, nah, that doesn't make sense. But Hen- Henrik and Silverberg would be would be good. I mean, they're Fowler. veterans. Yeah, Fowler. Fowler would be an excellent fit. I think. <laughs> I think you know he- now, now, now we're just uh, offering up their paychecks for <laughs> yeah. to buy gear and stuff. But imagine how much I mean, Zeger, if Zegers just who know he might do it already. But if he got in the ice with young kids, they so many kids already worship him just for how yeah. like how kind of uh, how good he, I mean, his skills on the ice, but also he's very charismatic. He's just a very I mean, he's he's gaining a huge amount of fans. Yeah. So if you he's put just about a him, dude, he's a dude. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's. It's just the Jeff, you had a good point about how well the Ducks have done and the role and, and same with you, Chip, about Getzlav and, and Perry and growing the sport. So yeah. yeah like ups. I think that like that's to me, like that's like the logical that would be like an extremely too logical spot for him to end up doing. Because you know, like a scout takes a lot of time, like you're sitting behind the wings and you're like you're, you're like or a front office job, like you're it takes like a season or two to kind of figure out what you're really doing. Like if he wants to do something now, like that would be like the perfect fit for him now. Yeah. He I would don't be lost. You would be lost if you st- like that. Assist- like, make him an assistant GM or like create a front office position for him. Like I think about that now. It's like, I, no, I, I, I don't think that's for him. You know what I mean? Like, like you think of a guy like, uh, like Niedermeyer, right? You're like, no, he's not going to be a front office type. He's going to be a coach. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can see it in, in certain players when they tried to make a coach out of Gretzky, there was nothing about Gretzky's game that made people think, Oh yeah, he'll be a great coach. No, it doesn't like, it doesn't just translate, right. Just being good at one doesn't make you good at the other, but there are aspects of somebody's game that will make you go home. I, I think that that aspect will translate. And I think, his personality is one of those things where it's going to translate to to that job, right? He just he would be he would be lost in the front office. I 
It's I he needs know. to be on skates. He doesn't need to be wearing a tie. Yeah. I don't I don't know what reminded me of this, but I think it was just the potential of Getzlev having played like his last season in another city and settling in that city and just becoming like people like who's that guy? And it reminded me of there's a, a I think it was from this winter, a video of there was a storm in Boston. And I don't even think Jerome lives, Jerome McGinley lives in Boston oh, anymore, but I think he was yeah. in the area and he was driving and like a reporter interviewed him at the, at a rest stop, but like, didn't know, I don't think they knew it was him. And it was like this, the lower third just said like, Jerome, Jerome is from Canada. I was like, have you driven in this stuff before? And he was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just Jerome driving down the freeway in Massachusetts. And I could, that could have been Getzlav's life. <laughs> that could have been well that too like but if you think about it too like if Getzloff would have gone to like an east coast team or a, a team like in canada like those people pay attention to hockey so he'd be stopped if, like in he, but in southern california i mean there are people who will pick him out and see him but for the most part he probably gets to live his life like pretty you know pretty normally because if outside of the hockey world no one knows who the fuck he is like True. oh yeah tall bald guy yep you know, no, how tall is he? Six four. Huh? Okay. Yeah, so tall, yeah, yeah, big tall yeah, ball guy. Big tall ball guy, right? It just imagine, imagine being so good at something, but still like on the like skill to anonymity scale. You know what I mean? That's got to be pretty high. Yeah. Where you know you get to be as good as he is at, at anything. Your anonymity diminishes far more, pretty much like in any other world, I think. Like maybe he could be that good at like crocheting and people wouldn't know him, right? Right. Like an Etsy, the the Etsy guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Other other than that, like literally, if he's doing anything else at the skill at which he does, which he plays hockey, he's going to be famous. Yeah. He's going to be recognized. You know what? Let's put him on the broadcast. Let's kick out Hazy. Let's bring in Getzloff. <laughs> I bet you that, I mean, that would get you a lot more, at least a lot more people tuning tuning into a potentially not competitive team. <laughs> yeah. Also, how has Brian Hayward kept a job for as long as he has? Is he the one? I I think he kind I, of... Explain. Make it, make it make sense. Make it make sense to me. I kind of like him. Oh, I'm gonna slap you! <laughs> slap you! I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna slap you to tears. I if feel the like ducks, he, oh, sorry, go ahead. I feel like he and I share the same brain. Like I am not a color commentator; I do not deserve to be in any part of hockey. But like, whenever I'm watching and I notice something, he always points out what I noticed right after I noticed it. So I'm like, Brian, I like you. You make <laughs> me feel like I could do your job. Um. That is. That is not a shining endorsement of man's work. <laughs> Although I'm just saying that as I, so I checked out the King, the Kings experimented with a second broadcast, I think last week or the week before. With, it was Der- Dirk, yeah, it was, it was Derek Armstrong and Petros. Um and it was fun. And also if you like the original broadcast, because I like Fausti and I like Fox as well. Like those the, those guys are fine. I'm just saying if the Ducks had one, I would tune into the second broadcast every time. Um but the quick thing on that Army and Petros broadcast that was so interesting is Petros knows very little about hockey. Very little. So like on the surface, you're like, okay, why the fuck is he on a hockey broadcast? Well, this was that was kind of what the beauty of it was, was 
since he doesn't know anything, he would ask questions like a new fan probably would. And Armstrong's talking him through it. So I thought it was like it maybe like, you know, tweak it a little bit. But for the most part, I think that's a very entry level. It's a smart thing to offer because a casual fan who doesn't really watch hockey, they'll probably have those same questions. And it's a very easy way for them to learn those things without, I don't even know if really embarrassed is the right word or the right term, but someone's asking the question that they probably are thinking and they get answers. That's true. It's a good way. The, the old adage in sports journalism, is like, like explain it like you'd be explaining it to your grandmother. Right. So and it's goofy. No, it was, a... Yeah, it was goofy and stuff too. Like they had Petros like in net, you know, stopping tennis balls or Army was teaching him about face offs or like, you know, battling in the corner. Like it was all like it was stupid. But I think that's what it was. That That's what made it fun. It was like it was super loose and it kind of like would answer a lot of those questions of like, well, how, why do they face off this way or something like that? Like, I thought it was cool, but um, there's a, there's a genius about, about what they did there too, is because the casual fan one, if you're just like, take away the, the, the play by play aspect of it. Um, and you're just, you're just, um, you're just trying to follow the play. It just it moves too fast for somebody who doesn't know who's who doesn't have the practice in how to follow the puck, you know, and ha- how to watch the play without just tracking just the puck, right? How to kind of zoom back and see and see the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Add on add on a play by play where half of the words are names that this person has never heard before, and it, it's all just a jumbled mess, right? And so you take the jumbled word mess away. And you slow it down and you, you add somebody like, I love, I love the concept, but less the execution, but it's just because like, I'm not the biggest Petros guy. Like I totally get the, I totally get the appeal and you want somebody to come at it from like the man from Mars perspective. You need somebody who's going to ask the questions, um, but also asking them in such a way that, uh, yeah, it's going to be fairly rudimentary, but you have to keep it loose. Like you said. And that's the genius of it is you keep it loose, you keep it light and you keep it on that goofy side. You can get away with explaining it in, in a, in a stripped down way. Uh, right. It, because it makes sense to do it that way because of the environment that you've created around it. And so, yeah, you don't get lost in it. And so when something of note happens, they're going to stop and talk about what it is that happened, why it matters. And, and you're going to get these, instead of getting lost in, in a game where you get nothing, yeah, you're not going to get the whole game this way, but the nuggets that you do get, you're actually going to retain and you're going to be able to take that to the next one and then to the next one, to the next one. And you'll be able to build something on that. And I, 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 I love the concept. Right. Can so I, it's, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Chip. I was going to say, so second broadcast for the Ducks, it's got to be Getzloff. And who's going to be with Getzloff? Who we get, who we get a pair off, pair off, pair them off I with? I mean, Perry Jim would be the obvious choice, but <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, you're talking about yeah. You're talking about like guys who don't know hockey, right? I think Jim uh, Jim knows some. He's a hockey fan. Okay, so you need you need you, you need, need a complete a, yeah, but like a celebrity of some sort, like a personality. You think? Yeah, I think it has to be someone like Southern California known because that's what Pet- Petros, you know, from from radio and stuff, uh, and USC and everything. Like, you know, he he's. He's a known guy in Southern California. So who would who would that be? Who I don't know who you'd maybe maybe listeners if they think of someone they can 
shoot it at us. But uh, who was the quarterback for USC during the Reggie Bush years? Uh, Matt Liner. Matt, Get Matt Liner to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. He's not doing anything. That's true. He's a real estate agent. In I mean, Reggie Bush here. isn't doing anything. Yeah, Reggie Bush is awesome, by the way. I met him. He's yeah. super, super cool guy. Um, can I tell oh, one hey, story? Wait, real, before you do that, can I, I just want to ask you both really quick. It's like, I, I'm pretty sure both of you have actually like, you've actually exchanged words with Ryan Getzloff. Right? Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Jim, you have, I was going uh, to share stories next, but yeah, go ahead. I have not. Oh, you haven't. All right. Okay. All right. Then cool. we'll save it. We'll save it for story time then. Um, yeah. But can I tell one, one of my favorite Brian Hayward moments that has lasted throughout the years? <laughs> oh I'm sure God. you probably know the Sean Avery one. I don't know. Uh, remind me. The where he called out Sean Avery for being an idiot and Sean Avery called him like shitty or something. Do you remember this? Because it happened when Avery was this. with the Kings. All right. So I'll read it. This is straight off of Sports Illustrated Hockey News. April 2006. Avery and Anaheim broadcaster and former Montreal Canadiens goaltender Brian Hayward have a heated discussion in the Kings dressing room about Hayward's on-air comments during a game in which he accuses Avery of avoiding a fight with Ducks, Ducks forward Todd Vidorik. Avery calls Hayward an embarrassment, a terrible announcer, and a terrible player. Hayward responds by saying, how would you know when I played you were in your third year of eighth grade? I love it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's savage. Yeah. You mean, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't preface it with uh, Solar Bear Legend, Sean Avery. Have we forgotten that? That Sean Avery Came signed, retirement. signed a tryout contract with the Solar Bears and said he'd be back to the NHL this next season and didn't last two days with the Solar Bears. Can we <laughs> not forget that this happened this season? This um, happened. Yeah, it just happened. No, yeah, they cut they cut his ass, right? They cut his ass. He didn't last yeah, two days. The worst like, thing that could happen to Sean Avery is that we'd forget about him. So maybe that is a good thing. Maybe that's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so um I totally lost track of what I was talking about. A story, uh, gets that story. story. Yeah, okay. So I have a couple stories. One thing, like, and I tweet about this when he announced his retirement. I think one of my favorite memories about Getzloff is every time he'd come on to Kevin and Bean, he, he is one of the best Kevin and Bean guests ever because they'd always say yes against their wishes because, one, you know, most of them were Kings fans, but they never could say no to when Getzloff was pitched because Getzloff was always so good on air that, like, they had to say yes against their best judgment every damn time. And every damn time, it was a yes because he was always so good. Um, right, we're gonna we're gonna get it stuck to us, but we have to say yes because the content is gold. Right, because you know, yeah. and I think that part of it was like when I was in the room and uh, back when the ducks liked me, um, we had like that fun relationship where like everyone else was a Kings fan, so like, I got to be like the natural foil as the annoying Ducks fan. And that was when the obviously the Kings and Ducks were both very good teams. That stretch of like between 2015 and 2017. Like that was uh I, mean, I think the Kings are a drop off then. But yeah, you know, like for this for the story, like that was when both teams were like it was it was fun for both teams to it, clash. Um so like Getzloff knew that I was in the room as a Ducks fan. The organization knew that K Rock was King's country. Like that, that's what it was. So it became like extra fun because he always had a jab. Like it was always either like one 
comment or one snarky like that it would just 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 murder Kevin and Galley. Like it was always so like like I think what the one in particular was it was the summer the season following the last time the Ducks made a deep run and they almost went to the Stanley Cup final but lost to uh Nashville uh in game six. Uh and the Kings didn't make the playoffs that year. So we came back, uh, new season. He was on to like kick off the duck season or whatever like that. And Kevin made a comment like, Man, this offseason just felt really long. Like he's like, I'm just so glad hockey's finally back. And then Getzhoff said, Well, we had fun chip, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it was always something like that. Like it was always like, like he you know, he's like it was like he never like came in like throwing haymakers, but he always had something in his back pocket, like just a quick, just like a, like we always make the jokes of when, on the ice when like those plays where he said, like, it's like where Getzoff says, Oh, I'm Ryan Getzoff and you're not. And just bulls through people, you know, skates around them. That was, yeah. that was his Ryan, Get- I'm Ryan Getzoff and you're not moment. Um, <laughs> and so the second story is on my last day at K rock, he called in to like, wish you know well wishes it was very cool like between like uh they you know whoever set it up it was very you know it was awesome uh and then a couple months later i was at his uh charity for cure to shen it was like his charity night or whatever and i ran into him and i said hi and i, I thanked him for you know calling on my last day and that was really cool and he's like wait i thought you moved away <laughs> and i was like no i was like no i'm like no i was even no, I just, I'm still here. I left K-Rock after a decade. And I'm like, wait, are you taking away my goodbye call right now? Are you taking it back? <laughs> <laughs> you started laughing. Um, but yeah, solid dude. That and, is amazing. Uh, and Anthony, uh, so I think this is before you jumped on, Jeff, but Anthony asked, okay, so Perry has one more season on his contract with Tampa Bay. Say he retires. If him and Getzloff are up for the hall, in the same year, who goes in, or do they both go in? Is it a? Is, are they good? Would they make it a Korea Solani? I think they both go in. I think because kind of like what I said with Getzlev, Perry has had even more of a like stout career throughout his hockey career outside of the NHL and in the NHL. So I think you can't not let let Perry in. And I think what uh, what Getzlev, like I said, has meant to the Ducks. I think they're both they're both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And think about it too. The way this is all ending up, it makes me even more pissed that Bob Murray bought out Perry. Because in theory, the buyout was something like made sense if you want to make Capram and stuff, but Bob Murray made that move and did nothing with it. Zero things. Like that that buyout didn't do anything for the ducks. What do you mean? They might not have been able to get Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, the Getzoff and Perry should have been able to retire together as ducks and just makes it even shittier that, okay, they buy out Perry for whatever, you know, and in itself in a vacuum, it makes sense. But you make that move and you didn't do anything to capitalize on it. Yeah. Just, just bad, bad Murray, bad Bob Murray stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this is not no shade to Corey Perry. Now he's played in two Stanley Cup final two years in a row. Uh, probably could win a cup this year. So it's not, you know, hey, it worked out for him, fortunately, but it's just kind of sucky that they could have gone out 
together. Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah, it, go ahead. It's it's the hot, hot, you know, it's that you have to balance the the crazy business side versus the the sentimental side is that yeah, you know, in a perfect world, but also, you know, it's it's a business run by, you know, people who literally have zero interest in like any of that. You know what I mean? And, you know, you can hope that bottom lines match up to where, you know, stuff like that happens, but I, I, I'm blessed as, as a Kings fan to know that, you know, at least one other of like the core guys is going to, I'm pretty sure Jonathan Quick and Dustin Brown will both be the two that retire as Kings. One, because Dustin Brown was in that 2003 class, right? That draft class? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, a lot of miles on that body. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere after this. Um, but the, and the beauty of Jonathan Quick's contract. Yeah. Is that, no one's going to take that on. He can't, he can't go anywhere else. <laughs> Even if you want to do, nobody's going to take that. Nobody wants that cash. Oh. So, so the, and, and again, it's the business, right? Good and bad business decisions sometimes benefit good and, you know, either go good or bad for, you know, the, the sentimentalist. You know, it can go both ways, right? A bad business decision lets me be the sentimentalist to say, all right, cool, Quick is going to retire a king. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing that made it so that Perry couldn't retire a duck. It's, it's, a, it's, just, it's so weird the way, you know, the business of sports. Oh, now you just, you just jinxed it. There's no way that Quick is going to end up retiring as a king. You just, you just oh, you think that's it up a, to You universe. think that's a bad thing? That just means that contract is off our books. Somebody take that contract, please. For the love of God, I've been putting this into the universe before he signed that contract. I said, please, God, don't weigh us down. And what did they do? They weighed us yeah. down. Should we do Ducks and King or Bruins and Kings real quick? Yeah. Jeff, so Kings currently in a playoff spot. How do you feel about them as we get uh, what, it, the last two, two and a half weeks, three weeks of the season? Yeah, I think there's like eight. Eight games left, something like that. Um, it's it's not looking good. I mean, they're definitely not playing their best hockey right now. I think they lost three or four in a row, something like that. And um, uh, right now, having to go on the road uh, for a seven-game series in Edmonton isn't great, um, but it's a lot more ideal than having to go on the road for a seven-game series against Colorado. Uh or you know, or or Calgary for that matter. Like the Kings, they haven't looked impressive against good, and it's not against good teams. And it's not one of those like, oh, you know, they they play hard, but they just haven't gotten there. It's like no, no, good good teams have beaten the Kings by a lot. I I think as of right now, the Kings have a negative two goal differential. I don't think there's a playoff team. There's not a. Correct me if I'm wrong. If somebody wants to check this really quick, I know uh, Anthony's got like the the fancy like ready to go all the time. Uh, but uh, I don't think there's another playoff team in the league that has a negative goal differential. Uh, that's, that's probably pretty easy to figure out. I, you know, if I were to guess, there's probably no team in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference? Yeah. Ooh. No, they, yeah. Not currently, yeah. Yeah. 
no. So now's not the time to be limp into the barn. Um, so Dallas, I, Dallas at minus three, they're in the second wild card spot. I, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't bode well, right? You know, <laughs> so, um, but you also have to look at it through the lens of, you know, I don't know that this team was supposed to be fighting for home ice in the first round of the playoffs. You know what I mean? I think if you, if you stop, you know, stop tape right now, successful season, but it's not over. So let's see, you know, let's see how they finish. You know, obviously injuries, injuries are really taking a toll um, big time uh, with the Kings, but I, I don't know. I like I like Colorado's susceptibility to being beat in the first round, uh, but I don't think LA is the team to do it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm checking the game tape right now. Uh, you, me, and Anthony were the only people that said that the Kings would make it the playoffs this season. We're all That's pulling our, for you. Yeah, we're all pulling for you. Right, <laughs> right. No, it, it, you know, and I I think everything that you guys had said about that prediction has come to fruition, right? The, the, the Pacific not being as strong this year. And you look at the, you know, look at the point totals, right? You've got, um, you've got Calgary in the Pacific running away with it, but it's not like, you know, it's not like they're battling uh, Colorado for the president's trophy. Yeah. The Pacific, you know, the Pacific definitely has lower point totals, you know, across the board. Uh, and so uh, you know, you figure strike while the iron is hot. And if this is, you would, you're hoping that the strike would have been a little bit more, especially now coming to the close. So let, let's see what the last two weeks, last two weeks holds, you know, that I think that's going to tell a lot about how they, uh, you know, how they respond when, you know, when the playoff pressure is actually there. Just a real quick uh, sidebar. Do you want to know the team that has, the, has, lost the most overtime games is with 12 12 overtime losses yep most in the league this season leading question. Uh, i'm gonna guess montreal just because they have the most losses. no Anaheim. Sorry, it's, Anaheim. It it's Anaheim. Anaheim 12 12 overtime losses most in the league you guys want uh, a quick uh hampus lindholm update for yeah, Ducks fans right austin let's go Gotcha. So uh, Hampus Lindholm injured right now, but uh, had, I think, three points for the Bruins, but is really helping out Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Whenever McAvoy and Lindholm are paired together, McAvoy lights it up. Uh, I think in six of the eight games Lindholm has played, they've they've been paired together and McAvoy has some outrageous number of assists, like seven or eight in in that amount of time. So uh, loving loving Hampus Lindholm over in Boston. Hopefully he gets a his day-to-day injury uh, done before the playoffs start. And how stoked must he have been to like go from Anaheim to Boston, like to a team that's like obviously a contender. It must be a relief. Yeah. (laughs) Well, think about this, but yeah, so him, Raquel, who else got moved? Manson. Uh, Manson to Colorado. That was, and then that was it basically of big names. Delorier to Minnesota. Yeah. But all of them, like and Deloria became like instant day one fan favorite in Minnesota. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like all of them. Like it was a win win for, you know, for the Ducks' future. And then all of those guys, at least like none of them got dealt to like Chicago or 
the Kraken or something. Like they're all they're all doing pretty well. <laughs> all right. I think I gotta go uh rescue <laughs> my wife from our angry toddler. I hear her screaming okay. up there. So. <laughs> all right. It's a good time to call it. Uh all right. So uh, until next time, uh this was totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa. Totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa. Totally offsides. Totally offsides. Whoa.